Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. This week, we'll be looking ahead to the Pansy and Viola Festival, where homeowners can view literally hundreds of different pansies and violas in full bloom. I'll be speaking to Michael Smith from the Meadowcroft Garden Centre in Essex, where the festival is taking place. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this podcast, and my producer, Charlie Jones. The weather's always critical to us gardeners, uh, and at this time of the year, I always watch the blackthorn, the slow bushes. And when those flowers start to open, then you may be sure we're going to have a spell of what I call the blackthorn winter. Never be in a rush in March to get to too much done, because it can really be quite cold. I understand that on Sunday, it's Global Recycling Day. I don't think good gardeners need much uh, encouraging to recycle. I mean, in our house, we actually wash and reuse polythene bags. And when my uh, daughter explained that to her German class, they all fell about laughing that anybody could be so stupid. But there we are. I was brought up in uh, an old school where uh, we watched every penny and polythene bags get carefully washed when we're washing up, dried and used again. On Tuesday this week, I went to Christchurch in uh, Chelmsford to listen to junior school children aged six to seven uh, put on a musical called There's a Sunflower in My Supper. They were all dressed up as different kinds of uh, cattle and animals and things. And the idea was that... uh, You know, the cows keep eating grass, grass, grass. And then uh, on one particular day, they had a sunflower for their supper. I liked the introduction. On the programme it said, An utterly adorable musical. How about that? This week we hear from Fleur Select. You may recall, just a week or two ago, we had them as an interview here, telling us, how the trials are carried out throughout Europe for all of the international seed companies. Well, Fleuroselect have just announced their gold medal winners for 2019. So those of you in the trade may be interested to know now, and the rest of gardeners, I'm afraid, will just have to wait a season or so. But the uh, six gold medal winners were a begonia sempiflorens called Fiona Red, and that was bred by Taki in Japan, a very nice semi-double uh, fibrous-rooted begonia. Looks if like that's going to uh, fill the flower beds in 2019. And then, much easier to grow perhaps, uh, a new pot marigold, Calendula officinalis calexis orange. That's coming from Van Hermit in uh, the Netherlands. And it's a compact-growing kind. 
the Dutch like these compact things because they fit on the Danish trolleys and reduce the transport. But this particular variety is bright orange and the petals are sort of rolled, like the old variety Radio. There's a new Dahlia, Dahlia Delaya Amber, and that's coming from Selector 1 in Germany. Has semi-double, really dark red flowers, and contrasted with black leaves. I can see that's going to be popular, both for the front of flower beds and for containers. There's a new star petunia from Benari in Germany. It's called Success Rose Star. And the uh, significant thing about that is that it's a grandiflora, a large flowered petunia, but with this really bright pink and white star flowers. Uh, So that'll be pretty showy. I'll be interested to see how that grows. Must have uh, stood the weather all right last summer. But generally speaking, those large flowered petunias are better with just a little bit of protection overhead. And then we've got Osteospermum, Eclonis Enrico, from Delina Genetics in Denmark. Uh, And that's a, a pretty exciting thing. It has masses of flowers which last much longer through the season and it's suited to cooler climates in uh, northern Europe, they say particularly, uh, because the flowers don't close in the dark or in cool conditions. And then finally, a zinnia. Zinnia elegans, queenie lime orange, and it is a sort of pinky orange and then lime in the centre. I'll be looking forward to growing that. I like zinnias. This one grows to about uh, 30 inches, and so it'll be very good for cutting. This week, too, we had the Garden Press event in London, where all the new products, plants, machinery and everything is shown to members of the press. And I hope to have a full report on that in the paper next week. And and we'll bring up a few products here as uh, the season is appropriate for them. Don't forget, on Friday, the 16th of March, it's the Garden Relief Day. RE-LEAF, capital L-E-A-F. That's the day that the trade sort of kicks off gardening and they do all kinds of crazy things to raise money for the Green Fingers charity. That's the Children's Hospice charity. I mean, the most popular is a plant-a-thon where some strange individuals spend 24 hours potting up plants I know Andy Bounker does it at Alton, and Bob Hewitt too up at Klondike and Strikes in the northeast. They just work right through the night, potting up flowers and raising money for uh, that very worthy charity, Green Fingers. And what about advice? Well, with uh, wet and flooded soil, my advice is keep off it, especially heavy clay. The subsoil should be filled to uh, what we call filled capacity. In other words, all the reserves of uh, moisture are well replenished. uh, And that's especially important for those of us on the East Coast. I like to see uh, February Phil Dyke, although as it happens it was March, melting snow Phil Dyke this year. But you need to uh, make sure the surface dries a bit before you tread on it. If you have got some jobs to do, well then work on a wide board so that the uh, compression is reduced. Uh, You will need to get on. If you've got any bare root uh, fruit trees, bushes or shrubs, they'll need to be planted. Although it has to be said that the commercial growers increasingly are planting quite late. 
April and even into May. They plant from cold store, put these bare root trees in and in the warm soil they absolutely rocket into growth. You can hear a bit more about that if you go back to hear Will Sibley's uh, interview on this podcast just a few weeks ago. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today's interviewee, really I've known the family for years, uh, Michael Smith is I think the fourth generation of his family growing bedding plants and, and it was a Smith dynasty, there were a whole group of them growing bedding in that South End area supplying London and uh, well parts of East Anglia and the South East. Uh, Michael, have I got that information about right? I think so, yeah, there's definitely four generations growing bedding plants. The horticultural industry sort of goes back probably up to at least five generations in this area, based around the railway delivering into London, but I think there's probably more vegetables and stuff like that before. Definitely four generations growing bedding plants under protected. Yeah, I hadn't thought about uh, railways taking stuff in, of course, yeah, it would have been a means of transporting, wouldn't it? No, a quick means of transport at that time, at the turn of, I'd say the turn of the century, but the turn of the previous century, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, because I saw uh, uh, your granddad, Will, mm. actually, I used to buy plants from both Will uh, and his brother, Morris. Yeah. Well, back in the 60s, I suppose. I mean, uh, he was a great one for time and motion with uh, pricking out seedlings very quickly into boxes. And then your dad, Roland, he came along with mechanical seed sowing and and, uh, transplanting, all that sort of mechanising and roboticising. Roboticising, is that the term? (laughs) I shouldn't think so for a minute, but it's the best word I could come up with. (laughs) But, But then I see you as the biofuel heating man. Well, we were one of the first in the area, or in the country. Um, I think when we saw oil prices going up and up and up sort of 10 years ago, glass houses are not the easiest things to heat. They're, they're not so efficient, um, so it can be quite expensive in the winter. It was something that we were looking to for a long time, looking into, and um, we made the jump for probably about six, six or seven years ago now, and went into burning wood chip to heat our greenhouses. But you don't just burn wood chips, you're actually growing your own wood, aren't you? We are, we are, yes. We, uh, it's uh, quite a lot, well, it's a three-year cycle of willow, and we can harvest 
harvest that every three years and we've got about enough to do half the heating so what we do we buy in half the chip and mix it with our own willow as well and then use that to heat the boilers to to go into the boilers to to burn I, I, i seem to remember from my student days that every five degree lift it doubled the cost of heating. Does that figure still work, or or are houses more efficient? Oh, I'm. I don't think my houses are so efficient. The problem is with bedding plants. We don't have perhaps the most high tech glass. It looks always looks high tech to visitors when they come and have a look round. But we can grow crops in quite old glass, and they might 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 leak a little bit. So um, it definitely very expensive to heat glass houses and i think it was something it was for our peace of mind for the future if i'm if my dad did the mechanization and my granddad did the making sure people worked as fast as possible (laughs) it was it was about the next generation to actually to pass on something that you know that wasn't a burden around their neck really i suppose they can it was one less thing to worry about yeah indeed well i i think it's an amazing thing that you do i mean in that cold spell early March, I went out of the shops and it was minus seven centigrade one evening. Blimey, that's going to take some fuel, isn't it? It would have cost a lot of money and it was a bit frustrating because we couldn't sell enough plants, but to actually not to be worried about that burning of the oil, it was a great relief. Yeah, yeah I've forgotten, forgotten about those concerns. I mean, we would, we would grow poinsettias and I, as soon as we filled the boilers up once with oil... You looked at just to just to heat the greenhouses for growing the poinsettias. That was the cost of what I was going to get back from the poinsettias, and you kind of question what you're doing this for. Just one one filling at that time, and that when we were at that it, stage on the nursery, yeah, it so could all go it in could all heating. Go in that heating yeah. Frightening. Well, now a much easier crop, I hope, in terms of heat requirement, are, are pansies and violas. That's what we need to talk to you about today, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have become a little bit um, famous for the violas and pansies, absolutely. So, yeah, what, so what started you off at Muttercroft Garden Centre on the Pansy and Viola Festival? It's become a bit of a monster. Um, Fifteen years ago, we started this as a sort of a way to promote our relatively small garden centre at the time. And we contacted all the seed companies that we deal with through the wholesale side of the business and said we want to just do an event to sort of welcome in the spring because there's nothing, it's a great time of year to have a full range of colour with, in March with the violas and pansies. And so we contacted the, the seed companies. We thought we'd get, a couple, we'd get hundreds of varieties and that's what we wanted to promote. And um, we were sort of inundated with pretty much all the commercial varieties available to our industry sent to me to grow, which was around about 700 varieties at the time. And so my desk was just full of boxes of these seeds and I really didn't quite know what to do. Well, I think not because they've all got to be labelled and they've all got to be followed through, haven't they? 700 different kinds. Yeah, so I... I, I sort of felt really responsible at that point that I, I needed <laughs> yeah. to, to do something proper with this, with this and not just do a, a, a festival for the public. I kind of felt in a really unique position where I, was, I could grow all these varieties together and people could come and have a look and compare these varieties. So these comparison trials is something that 
the industry does. We go to Zika trials all around Europe and comparing plants. Yeah, but that's usually from one commercial house, isn't and it? Very it's... rarely you see the thing items against the competitor, or if you do, they're not labelled. So, <laughs> so this is a great opportunity to do to put everything together and lay lay them all out, and for the industry to see really what what they were like grown in our conditions, because obviously. I'm sure a variety that might not do so well with us might perform fantastically somewhere else. But with us, you could, could see what would happen in Essex anyway. So we, um, we decided we had to sow everything on the same day, all 700 varieties. Goodness. Um, put them in the same greenhouses, and when they were ready, transplant them as quickly as possible and group them together and lay them out on the floor. So, yeah, it did become... A great challenge for us, but um, but you've carried it, on doing it. Oh, it was, all fun, these years. I, it was a fun challenge. It brought in lots of interest from the industry. In the first year we did it, we told everybody what had happened, and we invited the industry to come and have a look. And we had visitors from Japan and America and all over Europe just to come and see how their varieties are comparing with everybody else's because they don't get a chance to see that. They might see it in their own place in California or somewhere in Japan, but they might not see it in, in the UK and not such a wide range of varieties as well. Because it's an international business and I don't think perhaps the public see what goes on behind those packs of plants they might buy from the garden centre. But in a week or so, they will be able to go to Metacroft and, and see examples. They can buy them. Oh, right. <laughs> well, now, if I'm coming to Metacroft and going to buy something, yep. you've been growing all these varieties and cultivars now f- for 15 odd years. 15 years. I think it's the 15th, fest- 15th yeah. festival, yeah. Mark our card. <laughs> <laughs> now, for, first of all, we have to decide between the small flowered viola and the large flowered pansy, or the larger flowering pansy. And you're going to ask me to tell you which one to buy? Well, if you were going into your greenhouse, where would you go? I would always choose a smaller flowered viola, or even a smaller flowered pansy. Uh, they tend to have a little bit more energy and more thriftless, so they're going to, you're going to get more display for your money. It's a very difficult story to tell. And I do appreciate people who love that large flower pansy. So I'm happy for them to buy them. They're still great value plants. But I think they get a longer life with the violas. I mean, the violas will have more flowers. And so if yeah. you have rough weather, they recover more quickly, don't they, With just by the sheer weight of numbers? Absolutely. I, we planted outside Meadowcroft uh, two weeks ago. And in that time, they've um, certainly seen the elements. <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah. So, but I was not surprised, but also, but still pleased when that snow melted um, over the weekend to see the colour still there and the plants sitting upright, and um, they're still going to perform. They're incredible things, really. They, they can really take it, can't they? They can take it, and they can take a bit of heat as well. So that's the great thing with violets. I think they'll. they'll they can go right into the summer. Michael, you're much too young to remember the 62, 63 winter, <laughs> but I can tell you we were growing then the Swiss giants, the ordinary open-seeded Swiss giants, and I think the first 
um, of the majestic giants coming in from Japan, the F1s, yes. and they were under snow from Christmas well into March. You know, we just didn't yeah. see them under snow. Boy, did they flower when the uh, snow melted. It, it, it seemed to do them the world of good. Wow. No, it's incredible, isn't it? I suppose they're slightly protected under, the, under there, really. They're yeah, stops them drying out, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, they, um, they're definitely hardy species, and um, they do give great value for money. Now, you have um, the public choice, too. They vote, don't they, on the best ones? Well, this is what, something we came up with on that first festival, where they were obliged to sort of feed back to the industry. They what the public thought of all these varieties. So we got the public to select their top three varieties and then we add up those votes and get a top ten list of each year, each year of the favourite varieties. Now, do those winners surprise you? There are always surprises in there and I think they surprise the industry as well. But, I mean, there's a few that are always around the top ten and you can guess, but they... It, the public always sees stuff that we might not necessarily see, and they might not even be in the top ten. But further down, there might be a, somebody might you might see quite a few votes for a particular yellow that the where the public has seen that that's the most vibrant of that colour, and they will choose that. And I and we wouldn't have spotted that at all. We the industry looks for different things, um, and then when it when the public are told to go and have a look at all these varieties they're naturally going to look for the unique items because the think the special items so we do we do see some um surprises in there and, then it's, the, and then it's the unusual colors then is it that it is the unusual color? colors um and we we use that to grow more of those varieties and so we can sell to our customers the top 40 varieties we sell to our customers right from yeah. the public votes and do people still like mixed? I mean, uh, in my days of growing bedding, we like to grow self-colours, but in practice, big volumes, not just with pansies and violas, but with a whole range of bedding, it would be the mixed kinds that went. Or, or are we now more colour conscious? There, the mixed is still the largest batch within that series I'm growing. So the mixed batch of violas or pansies will still i'll still be growing a little bit more of that than the self-colors but there's no doubt the self-colors are becoming more important and beyond that the industry are looking and we are looking at sort of creating our own mixes as well where they um sort of blends to to attract different tastes so we and at the festival this year we've probably got about 50 different mixes have you where the industry of commercial mixes where the, we're hoping to get the public to select the best of those as well and, and so it might be what a spring blue skies mix yeah, or a, a daffodil mix or yes something. and some very interesting we get when you get breeding from all around the world different countries and different parts of the world have different ideas and who are we to say that they're wrong but i've got some quite interesting mixes amongst them Michael, I look forward to seeing the trial for myself later on this week uh, and a public thank you for doing that work for us. It's essential that we have these independent trials. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to do it. It's, it's an exciting time for me each year. With that uh, collection of pansies and violas, they're not just at Meadowcroft. Four of the Hillview Garden Centres in the Midlands 
and Knights down in Surrey will also have a tremendous number of these cultivars. So if you're a bit nearer to those centres, you could pop in and see them. And for my tailpiece, the gardening gag. What exams do gardeners take? Hoe levels. Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson and Morgan. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.